Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolet Bible Institute here in northern Wisconsin. And each time I come to you, I'm trying to talk to an interesting young person. Sometimes I actually get a hold of some older people and talk to them. Either way, it's always younger and older talking. And we want to be able to encourage people that listen to this program to understand that God loves them, to understand the same struggles that everyone else goes through they're going through, and someone can identify with whatever your struggle is, and that we want you to know God and make him known somehow. And so if we can help spur that on, we're thrilled. Today I'm with Natan, and Natan is not from the United States of America. He's been involved in the Nicolay Bible Institute now for a year. You're actually wrapping up your year here. So, uh, Natan, how are you today? I'm good. How are you, Dave? Good. And and you're from, you want to say hello to our Spanish friends who speak Spanish in Spanish? Claro. Hola no, a todos. go ahead. Buenos días, buenas tardes, buenas noches. No sé a qué hora lo están escuchando. There you go. All right. Uh, and you, somehow, how did you hear of Nicolay Bible Institute from being from Mexico? So, long story short, 2015, that's when I came to Christ. Okay. And... What actually took place was that I, I switched from a German school to a Christian-American school. Puebla Christian School was founded by missionaries, four missionaries. They opened it to Christians in general about 10 to 15 years ago. And this is in Mexico? Yeah. Okay. And they would do Bible camps in the spring. Usually we had a team from Cedarville go there. Okay. But Cedarville in, College? Yeah. Okay. But in 2019, that didn't work out. And instead, a team from Highland Community Church over at Wausau came over. Okay. And I really bonded with uh, the two pastors there. Okay. Originally, I wanted to intern with their church. That also didn't work out, but I'm thankful to God it didn't because they told me about this place, and it's been okay. such a blessing. So really, another church about an hour and a half from us went down on a mission trip, told you about Nicolay Bible Institute, mm -hmm. and I encourage those that are listening, uh, Nicolay Bible Institute is available to anyone who's interested in spending a year learning the Bible mm -hmm. and learning how to die to yourself because mm -hmm. that's what it's about. And no matter what you go into in life, those are two skills that you must have to be successful. Hmm. I can't promise you other skills to make you successful, but I can promise you if you will know who God is and you, you know the Bible, you, you love God, you want to listen to him, and you know how to serve and die to yourself and become a servant, you'll be successful at whatever you do. Hmm. And uh, what is it you want to do eventually? Well, after this year... I'm going back to Mexico to study architecture. Okay. Or as others call it, architecture. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. And and how long of a program is that? About four years. Okay, so you took a year, came to Nicolay Bible Institute, and did you come for the reasons of getting to know God and learning how to die to yourself and serve? Is that why you came originally, or, or did that get twisted and you just thought it was like a, a year to be in the United States? Or Oh, no. I absolutely wanted to know God better. And okay to share that with others okay now has it happened what's what's going on i mean are you glad you came and and what's you know what's the deal here so every time someone's asked me that i always say that is the best choice of my life after following christ okay it's been a huge blessing and why is that mostly because i mean i've shared this 2020 or 2021 i went through a depression god healed me from that i was restored and i found my true identity in him in the fact that I am justified and the only opinion I should worry about is God's which is based on Christ's finished work but I still needed 
some time to really ground that truth in my everyday living. And well, how'd you get there? I mean, uh, uh, you wake up one day and go, oh, wow, I'm a different person today. Or how did you get to the point where you realize your identity needs to be in Christ? That's a great question. Um, I'll try to make it as short as I can. It doesn't have to be. Just give us oh. whatever. So I began getting into ministry around 2019. That was a big year, big year of change. I remember uh, I had come back from spiritual emphasis camp. That's the camps that my school would do with okay. other Christian schools. And I just had in my heart, God, I want to serve you. And he did open that door. John Walters, he's one of my closest friends back home. I met him at the seminary in Puebla. Bible studies, not formal classes. Okay. But he went like, hey, we're going to start a youth ministry. Uh, we're going to call it Grace Followers, and we wanted to use it to impact others. And the first the first times, the first couple of months, I genuinely did it wholeheartedly for God. And it was a huge blessing for me. But I think as time passed, I began to think, man, People, you, uh, people older than me haven't done this my age. You know, I was, I've been the youngest guy, one of the youngest people to be invited on my school's chapel to share. And pride starts getting to you. Yeah, you it know? does. You start associating. I started associating my identity with the fact that I was a youth leader, with the fact that I was impacting other people my age, when other people my age were not doing that. And then, you know, the pandemic hit. Mm. And that which I was able to do, on the basis of which I was basing my worth and my value. Not that it was wrong. I mean, that service, the first part of it, I wholeheartedly did it for God. Right. But at some point, it got mixed up with who I am because I hadn't spent that much time grounding myself in Scripture and letting that define me. So 2020 arrives, and I'm no longer able to do that. And then I just start feeling like, man, maybe I'm not pleasing God like I should. Maybe God is not that pleased with me simply because I'm not doing that much for him and i think by the time of summer of 2020 i began to to answer a, a depression of some sort i still was not fully aware of it but looking back tracing my thought process little thoughts start getting into you and that's what scripture says you know just renew your mind with god's word you renew your mind right. in light of god's mercy and yeah 2020 arrives uh it, it closes i had got into bot rock bottom my parents realized they started helping me i started going to counseling and therapy with a man i love named pastor max max camacho and that was such a blessing because it allowed me to be vulnerable like i hadn't been before exposed my struggles my inner longings and how i was misplacing that in places which i mean it was not god's presence it wasn't god's character so 2021 arrives first couple of months healing it was beautiful, but then it was the end of my high school uh, years, and I was saying goodbye to my seniors, my best friends, and to give some small context, I had, they saw me come to Christ, and they saw me grow, and it was saying goodbye to the people around whom I grew in the Spirit and in the Word. So a part of me also felt some regret in the sense of, man, I had so many dreams, again, based on a misplaced identity, so much impact that I wanted to bring to my school, and I didn't do anything this year because I was depressed. So then I went back to it by May or April. Uh, but it's crazy how as everything started drawing to a close, I just began to understand 
there's there's this passage which says if we live we live for the lord if we die we die for the lord yeah. it's not about me and yes i was sad to say goodbye to my classmates but in the same way i knew they had blessed me and god wanted wanted to take them to other places to bless others as well and now i mean one year here in mbi them i got another one of my friends in portland bible college another one doing lift a similar program to mbi okay. over i think by new york i got a, another friend of mine who went to do missions in africa and uh, some parts of south america and just say lord i'm thankful that we all say goodbye because you took us where you wanted us with you because you're always with us and they continued in your your purpose so 2021 closes i mean by the time it was june i had spent some considerable amount of time in galatians especially chapter three you know how it says you have fallen for grace and it talks about justification and just how many times the word faith is found i don't have it in, in this bible that i have right here with me but i think it was more than 10 at least sure and it's always a reminder of i gotta place my faith in god that's where my identity has to be how do you get faith in god though how i came to christ yeah I, no how do you get faith more mm -hmm. faith in god well faith in the new testament i've always seen it as and this was explained to me by someone back at the seminary back home it can always be seen as trust right so i guess it's always just trusting god more well, well how do you get there though I mean, if, if somebody's listening right now and they're saying, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, even the disciples asked if they could mm -hmm. have their faith built. You know what I mean? I, they want more faith. You know, how do you get more faith? How do you, how do, you do that? Well, the first thing that comes is faith comes by hearing and right. hearing by the word of God. So you got to, you have to be in the word. Yeah, there's no substitute for being in God's yeah. word, is there? No. No, you have to be in God's word. So if somebody's mm -hmm. listening right now and they're not reading the Bible, they're not in God's word, and they're trying to figure out why they don't feel good about life. They don't. Mm. They, maybe they're struggling with depression or anger or, or other issues. But they're not in God's word. I, mm. You know, if they come to me and talk, and and you've been in my classes, so you know mm. I'm somewhat direct. But I'd say, well, you're ignoring God. Mm. I can't help you because you're ignoring God. Mm. And what you've just said is so golden. You were mm. you were at a point. You're struggling. You're trying to figure out life. You you don't like being there. Nobody mm. likes being depressed. Mm. So it's not like, oh, I hope I stay this way the rest of my life. But instead, you you found that your identity in Jesus started to help you go through that the mm. way you should. Mm. And it, and you realize it's really not about Natan. Mm. It's really about God. Amen. And and God, though, absolutely adores and loves Natan. Mm. And now you can relax because you got mm. the order in right. You're right. Is that correct? Am I yes. And I think, you know, I've always said this. You want to understand who you are, you first need to know who God is. Yeah. Because, and it's something Andrew, one of the pastors from Wasa, the reason why this was so crazy to me was that I spent an entire month in Galatians prior to my last spiritual emphasis camp. It was okay. moved to June because of the whole pandemic. Sure. We got to SEC. I canceled one week with the elementary kids. We got to high school camp. My last high school camp, the whole week he preached on Galatians. Fun. And it was just God giving me a much more profound understanding of the truth he had been healing me with. Sure. And the whole, the whole point was basically 
have your identity in Christ. Have your all your your rests, all your cares laid on him. Uh, but more specifically, I remember in chapter 3, he talked about how you can have erroneous ways of looking at God. He went to Galatians 3 and he said how you can have the abusive father lens or you can have the moralist lens in which you have to think, what do I have to do to gain my standing before God? You can have so many misplaced ways of looking at how you relate to God when the truth is God loves me. Yeah. I died to myself. Originally, I had sinned against him, but he loved me so much that he sent his own son, died in my place, and there was an exchange of my sinfulness, his righteousness. And when God looks at me, yes, I still sin, but I'm being sanctified. Yeah, tell me about the, the, the moment you actually understood that Jesus paid for your sins and you put your trust in him. That was seven years ago, okay. 2015. I don't remember the specific time. And I have to word that God used greatly a man named Uncle Jonathan. Okay. He was my first Bible teacher who was also a missionary. He still is a missionary back in Mexico. And quick context, I was always seen as a problematic kid. Okay. People here tell me, man, so much energy. Well, that was all that energy for the wrong pursuits. And he sees me and he goes like, I mean, I was always used to authority figures, especially in school. Because my parents have always loved me, and I couldn't right. thank God more for my parents. They've always been so patient with me, and I'm thankful to God for them. Really, right. they have been such a blessing, and they have been a part of guiding me towards God's purpose for my life. But outside of that, especially in school, I was always used to teachers. Like, I'm not going to use... Right, go on. I don't, but like in the German school, it was like, Nathan, raus, yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still love... and. By the way, shout out to Margie. She was my German teacher in high school. Lovely lady. Like, yep. not all Germans. I mean, they That's are truly fine. loving and, and awesome. But the thing is, I get to public Christian school, and I'm ready to be put on that label. And sure. after a couple of weeks, I think Uncle Jonathan noticed my behavior. and He just looked me straight in the eye, and he said, Nathan, before I care about your grades, I care about your heart. And that shook me. showed me he truly cared about me. And later on, halfway through the school year he noticed I clearly was not saved so what did he do just for that one period not all classes but for that one Bible class mm -hmm. he paused everything and took the entire week to talk about grace and the gospel how that relates to Jesus dying for us he always said grace is given something you don't deserve right. mercy is not being given what you deserve right so he explained the two concepts how that relates to the gospel the fact that you know I deserved what Jesus went through you know he birthed he had the wrath of God placed on him. And instead, you know, he gave me the perfect life that he lived. And that's how God sees me now. And not that I still should should not just should just be careless and live the way I want. No. But, you know, as as I said, as I heard it the other day, Jesus saved us from ourselves to live for him. But first, he had to save us from the penalty for sin. Right. At the cross. Sweet. And that changed your life. That changed my life. I remember just after that talk. I truly understood the fact that God loved me, that he sent his son to die for me and, and rose again. Now I just, just spending more time in Romans, rose again to justify me. Right. But that week I remember just being in my room, falling to my knees and saying, okay, God, I had to believe you, I trust in this. And everything began to change. My relationship with my parents, the first part, I began to actually honor and obey them. Wow. And I lost a lot of friends. Oh, I'm sure. And uh, I gained a lot of new friends. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. And... Now, were you religious before this? I mean, was there a relig would you say you were a religious person 
before. In a way, I mean. I mean, I, I picture Mexico myself. Now, oh. you can correct me if I'm wrong. No. But I picture Mexico is very uh, Catholic and how they act. Absolutely. And, and so it's more of a, a, a religious kind of experience. Yes. And I'm not beating anyone up, so please don't write me. I'm not saying no, but, anything. I'm just saying that it's possible for somebody to be involved in a religion hmm. and not know God. Am hmm. I correct? Yes, absolutely. You can even go to a Christian church not saying it's still the truth right. there. But if you don't truly come to a personal, you know, saving faith, you can still try to see, okay, I'm doing this, I'm hearing, I'm going, and still pretty much define your enemy for God on the basis of your own works instead of what he has already done for you. Yeah. And I say that absolutely influences a lot of, not just Mexico, all of Latin America. Absolutely. All, all the world, by the way. Mm. I, I just happen to know that I think, you know, there's more, um, at times, religious experiences in, in Latin America when I've mm. been there. And it's it, but people don't necessarily translate to th- that to actually knowing Jesus. Mm. It, it's more of the church kind of stuff, and that's not a personal relationship with God. Mm. And what you've just described is a personal relationship with mm. God, and that's not unlike many in America either, in the United mm. States. You know, I mean, that's people can go to some church and be all kinds of religious people and still not mm. know Jesus, and Jesus is the central figure, correct? Mm. Yes, and. I have to say, just as it can happen in the more, you know, religious, you know, old Catholic church style, it can also happen in a new way. Yeah. Like for me, legalism, someone explained to me as, you know, you think this is the way I'm doing it, and this is how actually I come to be with God instead of what God has done to draw me close to Him. Absolutely. And this is also something that I grew lately this last two years was, I'm not against anything that is new so long as it's, it doesn't counteract truth. I remember something you said, you know, sometimes we pursue what's new and we forget what's true. Right. And just as you can say, you know, hey, I'm going to this church, they put these ashes, and we say, I'm Malayan, and all those weird yeah. prayers that I don't understand. And we go to this, you know, all these statues and put our money and stuff, and think that's that brings you closer to God. You can also mistake spirit, well, so-called spiritual experiences and say, you know, I'm here having cool lights, cool concert, cool music, um, you know, just going through the motions, and that could also be a, I mean, not many people see it that way, but that could also be a legalistic way of thinking. This is how I'm actually getting to God, yeah. because it's still being on the basis of what you're doing instead of what God's done. Right. Now, let me ask you, do you think that Satan loves giving us those false spiritual experiences? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because yeah. I think he will delight more in a believer who thinks that up on his own works, he's being drawn closer to God than on the ba- and then resting on God's work through his Holy Spirit. To yeah. Do, to well, him. I even look back in the Bible and I see someone like, you know, Moses, he was hesitant to go to Pharaoh, mm. right? And God said, well, take Aaron's rod, throw it down, I'll turn it into a snake. And then he goes mm. there and all the magicians do it. Mm. So they all throw it down. So if, if I'm just watching from the sidelines and I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, oh, if throwing that thing down and making it a snake determines who's from God, mm. Guess what? I don't know anymore. Now, the fun part is, of course, Moses' snake ate the rest. <laughs> so that, that was a good move. Yes. Uh, but, but I, you know, I mean, if, if you're going to ex- depend, if your life is going to depend on experiences mm. rather than truth, then what's going to happen is you open a door for Satan to get into your life mm. and mess with your mm. brain. And I have to clarify it's not that I don't enjoy that. For example, I love listening to Christian rap. 
Absolutely. And if I ever want to go to a concert, I would love it. I would jump and I would have sure. fun. Like we've had at these youth camps. But I have to tell you, something different has happened between being here at the youth camps and three years ago. Three years ago, I'll be jumping and listening to stuff and having fun with my friends. And I'll be thinking, this is how I'm actually being drawn closer to God. But this time, you know, with, with the band that came and stuff, I had understood God had drawn me to him because there was nothing in me that could do that. Right. And now I'm just responding in thankfulness of his awesomeness and his Absolutely. wonder. You know, I, I too want to uh, encourage you and anyone listening, enjoy your personality. Don't fight it. God gave it mm. to you. Your energy is, is wonderful. As you've been at um, Nicolay Bible Institute, has mm. anyone ever said, oh, you're just irritating because you have a lot of energy? No. No, no. because, you know, I, everybody is gifted. As an old teacher... One of the things that I used to do with parents, if they came in and their son or their daughter was, you know, very active, as you might be mm. and are, um, I, I would always call them gifted right in front of them. Mm. And they look at me and they think, what, you know, we want to get medicine for this kid. Mm. You know, we want this child to, to be less gifted, according to your words. And I sit mm. there and think, you know what, do you know how hard it is to give somebody energy? Mm. It's really it's not something that I can go out and say, if, if you don't have any energy, Nathan, mm. I can't come to you and just give it to you. Mm. So it's a gift. Mm. Now, now the, the fun part for an old guy like me, mm. it's to try and help you figure out how to steer it. Mm. So you, you take the energy. Uh, the story I told in class, and I probably told it on this, is um, after my four years of playing football in college, and I got hurt my senior year, I didn't play anymore, I went to the coach and I asked him, why did you recruit me? Because honestly, I knew my ability. By, by my senior year, I knew that when I came in, mm. I wasn't very good. And I wondered, you came after me when I was in high school to play here. Why? Because mm. I know that my skill level wasn't good. And the coach didn't hesitate. He looked at me and said, you had what we can't coach. Mm. You were all over the field. We can steer that, but we can't give that to you. And, and I tell you, he was right. He was right. They steered it. You know, I was voted um, all-conference by the time I was a junior in, in college. And really, I was a wreck in high school as far as talent and ability because the coaches mm -hmm. didn't recognize that all over the place is a gift. Mm -hmm. It isn't a curse. So act like it's a gift. Mm -hmm. So any of you that are struggling with the, you know, oh, God made me an extrovert. God made me an introvert. I'm not. No, learn that mm -hmm. these are gifts. Enjoy Absolutely. them. And it, they can also be weaknesses, and we can talk about that more. Mm. No, I, I totally, I totally agree. And one thing I would meditate on when it says, you know, God has gifted. I've lately been seeing how everything I have, I can just owe to God, and just thinking about my name, what it means in Hebrew, Nathan, which means He has given. Fun. And it makes me think, you know, God can give, God can take away. Yeah. And we were talking about that, how you know God's given you this. But I think, when, like, for example, all this energy, he could give me Lyme disease if he wanted to. Absolutely. And then all that energy is gone. And hey, I, that still doesn't change who God is. That still doesn't change the fact that he loved me. That still doesn't change anything in the Bible, no. any of his truths, so I can still enjoy them. Absolutely. You can enjoy God no matter what. You know, all that energy I had and all over the field, and you know now today I, I'm somebody that has narcolepsy. And, and uh, so I don't have that energy anymore. Mm. I don't. I don't have it. But I do have God's love and promise. Mm. I do. And here's what I know for sure. There's not one thing that's ever happened to me in life 
that God doesn't control or let through his gate. And he will prepare me because he loves me, and he'll sustain me through it. Hmm. And that's anything that happens in life. Hmm. And I want you and others that are listening to know God that well to where you can have faith and trust in him. Hmm. Absolutely. I would say that's the basis of the Christian faith. I'm just thinking on, I don't know why that made me think about Hudson Taylor, but I saw the other day a book titled The Man Who Believed God, Hudson Taylor. And... I haven't read that book, but I've read the other one, Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret. And you just you can just see the life of a man who based his entire being on just faith in Christ. And just look where that took him. And he started somewhere small. And I've just realized, like we've talked in class, that significance is not as much about numbers. It's not as much popularity or fame. Significance is simply living the life God wants you to be and being whom he created you to be yeah. and live on the basis of that. And you know, we need to enjoy God. Hmm. That's the number one thing in the world we need to do. Hmm. And the only way to really enjoy him is to stay in the Bible, get to know him. Hmm. And once you get to know him, I promise you, you'll, you'll be saying, oh my goodness, God, you love me? Hmm. Do you know how big and powerful you are, God? Hmm. And I'm sure God would smile at a statement like that and go, yes, I do. <laughs> And, you know, I used all my power and all my creativity and all mm. my love for you. Mm. And I want you to know that. So mm. tonight, I encourage those that are listening, go outside and look at the stars. Mm. And when you see the stars, take a moment and talk to God. Mm. You know, that's an important thing to be able to do is put life into perspective. We need perspective. God doesn't have perspective, but you and I do. Mm. And so we need to go out and gain it. And that is so important. Just reminds me of the other day I was reading Psalm 52. And he talks about, in verse 7, he see the man who will not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and sought refuge in his own destruction. And then the psalmist in contrast says, I am, I am like an olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God for an earth, forever and ever. And I think that's just so important because... I mean, like we have talked so many times, life changes, we change, our circumstance changes. It will change for me. I'm going back home, back to my immediate context. We are all going wherever God takes us next, but he doesn't change. And his love, his love for us will never change. Yeah, you know what? You've heard me say so often that if the circumstances of your life change the purpose of your life, you have the wrong purpose. And mm. you can't allow that to happen. Mm. My purpose in life is not to be comfortable. Mm. It's not to be rich. It's not to be famous. Mm. It's not to be anything other than a representative of my king. Mm. And I can do that if I'm on a sick bed today. I can mm. do that if I am the, the best athlete that ever walked the planet. Mm. I can do that no matter what the circumstances are. Mm. And if you're listening and you think you have to change your circumstances in order to experience God's love, you don't. Well, you've been listening to Younger Older here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And I'm with Natan, who was a student at Nicolay Bible Institute this last year from Mexico. We're going to continue our next half with him in just a few moments. So I encourage you, if you have any interest in the Nicolay Bible Institute, that you go over to nicolaybibleinstitute.org and take a look at it. We do still have room for this fall, so if you want to be in that class, we, we certainly would consider your application still. But until we uh, talk again, 
I'm Dave Wager here for Natan in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch, enjoying a summer camp season here. Mm. Goodbye for now. <laughs>